IRAs actually have to pay income taxes year to year on any money that's generated as a function of using debt. So that's a risk point that most people don't know exists. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with them to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, He's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there, and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got, And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. And his phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. And first off, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because today is Saturday. We're going to be talking about a specific situation that you might perhaps be in. Or if you're not in it right now, then you might be in it in the future. And that is you have some money in a retirement account. You're looking to do a self-directed IRA, but you're not sure what are the best asset classes to put that money into. And fortunately, we got the founder of selfdirected.org with us. How you doing, Brian Ellis? I am doing well, Joe. How are you today? I am doing well and nice to have you back on the show. And best ever listeners, you recognize Brian. He was on episode, listen to this, 207. It aired back in March 28th, 2015. 
That's over three years ago we were talking. Holy yep, cow. It's been a while. It's been a while. I know we saw each other in Atlanta. Where yeah, we? I think it was Atlanta. Yeah. Well, it was Atlanta. Yeah, like a year or so ago. So we've seen each other since then, and I'm glad that we're catching up again. Brian is the host of Self-Directed Investor Talk. He's also published in Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, TheStreet.com, and a bunch of other publications based in Atlanta, Georgia. So with that being said, Brian, how about you refresh us on your background and your focus, and then we'll go right into the best asset classes to focus and invest in via a self-directed IRA. Sure, Joe. Well, I have a very vast background in real estate. I've been in the real estate industry since the mid-90s, and I was impressively bad at it for the first couple of years. But most of my focus has been on single family properties and some leasing, some flipping, just about everything you can do, rehabbing, et cetera, et cetera. Done just about all of it and done all of it a whole lot of times at this point. But along the way, I discovered, as all real estate investors do, that it's kind of important to have access to money, even if it's not your own money. And that's what spurred my interest in self-directed retirement accounts. Now, this was back in the late 90s. And today, if you say self-directed IRA, still most people don't know what that is. Back then, nobody knew what it was. So it was like doing a research on a long lost civilization that had been gone for thousands of years back then. But things have changed a bit since then, thankfully. And in the process of the last intervening 20 years, I've learned a whole lot about self-directed retirement accounts such that at this point, I largely focus on helping investors and really largely real estate investors who want to use their retirement savings to invest in real estate, which is something that most of them either don't know how to do or only think it can be done, but have never actually pulled the trigger. So that's the gap that we fill and it's helping them do that. Are you a custodian? No, no, I'm not, not a custodian. custodian. Okay. And what is, a custodian. A, what is a custodian? A custodian is the financial company that is required by law to be in the mix with every self-directed IRA. So they're basically like stockbroker, but they house in whatever you do in a self-directed IRA. It's their name that's on the line, essentially. They're acting in your place. So that's what a custodian is for an IRA. For solo 401ks, you don't really have to have a custodian, so it's not really relevant there. So your company works with investors who already have a self-directed IRA set up to then invest in certain opportunities. Yes. Most people who come to us already have one set up. Part of the trainings that we have in the Self-Directed Investor Academy do target specifically people who are very new to the process. So we'll teach them not just the advanced stuff, but we'll also teach them how to choose the type of self-directed account you need because there are actually about a dozen of them. And most people have chosen the wrong one. We'll teach them how to choose the right type of custodian for them and how to choose the types of assets that will actually really work in a self-directed IRA versus just being theoretically compatible. Mm -hmm. So we do have some content that targets the brand new folks as well, but really most people who come to us have some background. I didn't know you had a self-directed IRA academy. Yeah, self-directed investor academy. It's invest. Okay, that's what I thought. It was. Self-directed investor academy. So I wrote it down right. I just said it wrong. <laughs> is there a, a cost to participate in that? Yeah, that program is a monthly subscription program because we actually add two additional trainings to it every single month. Okay. And that's $39 a month. So it's the least expensive thing there is out there. And we and Oh, yeah. Later on, if you decide that you'd like to, we can offer your listeners a free trial to it. Cool. That's great. And then as a member, do you get access to previous content and stuff that yes, it, it's 
It's really kind of foolish on our part, probably, but from day one, whoever is a member, they get access to everything that's been done from that point in the past to that point. That's cool. So that's not a big revenue maker, I don't imagine. So how does your company make money? That does reasonably well for us. But the other thing that we do is that in the process of educating people about self-directed retirement accounts, invariably people end up coming to me and saying, Brian, I've got some money. What do I do with it? So we're not financial advisors. We're not investment advisors, et cetera. But what we do is sometimes connect those people with opportunities that make sense for them and let them evaluate in in concert with their own advisors. And we can all enjoy the spoils of war together thereafter. Mm -hmm. So are you on the general partnership side of those deals where you connect investor to deal? Well, in terms of the specific legal structuring, we do it in a lot of different ways, but we have done everything from just connecting people to individual pieces of real estate that they could buy, and we just took a slice of the transaction all the way to we did at one time have a formal hedge fund that we operated in Northern California where we did a lot of fix and flips. So we've done everything from the least formal to something a lot more than that. So going back to the focus for today's conversation, when you look at the best asset classes to invest in as a self-directed IRA investor, what do you come up with? The cool thing about self-directed IRAs and solo 401ks is that there is a practically unlimited universe of options. Now, I am very, very partial to real estate as a general focus because it's a proven commodity. It's something that if you have a little bit of patience, it tends to work even if you don't do everything exactly correctly, which I kind of like that having a bit of margin for error. So within that framework, the simplest thing that I have found for most people to get involved in doing in terms of real estate in their IRA is turnkey rental properties. Buy one here, another one there, and pretty soon you have 5, 10, 15 turnkey properties. And a turnkey property is just a rental property. Mm -hmm. But when the person purchases it, the property's already been renovated. It already has a tenant involved. It already has a property manager handling it. So it's a cash flow producing asset instead of just a house. So that is something that really makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. And the fact that there are property managers involved, that's really what makes it a good fit for IRAs because that means you can really keep a safe distance from that asset, which is really, really very important. Why do you have to keep safe distance? Because there are some rules that one has to comply with in the IRA world. And if you cross those lines, you commit what's called a prohibited transaction. And in IRAs specifically, if you commit a prohibited transaction, it is cataclysmic. And it doesn't matter how small the transaction is that you did. So, for example, maybe you have a $5 million account. And one day you commit a prohibited transaction in a deal that was worth $10,000. You've blown up that entire $5 million account. And what most people end up doing is losing 40 to 60% of the value of the entire account as a result of crossing those lines. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be very careful. And that is one of those rules that really matters is that you really can't, as a practical matter, get too close to the properties. Because if you do, you're just dramatically increasing the probability that you're going to do something that's not allowed. So that's the reason for that. Turnkey rental properties, one recommended approach that you have for investing with self-directed IRAs. What's something else? Another one that I really, really like is real estate secured notes. It's really interesting, Joe, and my observations about the path that a lot of small individual investors take in their careers is that a whole lot of them will start out and they'll do something like 
renovations or they'll do some leasing or just basic introductory strategies like that. And then a few years later, they'll kind of fall into a groove and do what they're going to do. And a lot of them end up collecting rental properties along the way. And what I've seen is that a whole lot of people around about being in the business 20 to 25 years or so, a lot of them start graduating. That may be the wrong term, but I'm not so sure. A lot of them start gravitating away from rental properties and into real estate secured notes. And those things make a lot of sense because you get all the nice cash flow that you could get from leases and rental properties, but there's no management concern. There's no interaction with tenants. There's none of that stuff. Now, it's not an absolute gimme. There are responsibilities, but it's just a much, much lower degree of responsibility than owning rental property, much lower degree of legal risk than owning rental property. And also there's some rules that we can talk about them if you want, and they're beginning and pretty deep into the weeds, so maybe we don't. But there are some rules that make real estate secured notes a particularly attractive and compatible asset with IRAs for the IRS itself. So it's a- How, uh, how is it being compatible, beneficial to the investor? Let me clarify. Are you asking me how the additional compatibility that the uh, IRS has stipulated is relevant? Well, yes. it, it simply means that doing those kinds of deals- if you do them with any modicum of legal reliability, the probability that you cross over those prohibited transaction lines is much, much lower. And Com- that's compared, a good thing. Compared to what? Term compared to rental just about anything or? else. Like, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, prohibited transaction issue is not a function of the asset class. It's a function of how you interact with the asset, regardless of what it is. So you can commit a prohibited transaction with privately held stock or with intellectual property or just about anything else that you could do in an IRA. It's not real estate specific, but in the case of promissory notes and real estate secured debt, that works really well for the government's own admission. And I think basically the reason why is that there's a clear separation. That is a clearly passive asset, whereas it's arguable that if you're being your own landlord, for example, it's arguable that even though you're earning passive income that you're not passively involved. Mm -hmm. So that's really the distinction there. One, turnkey rental properties. Two, real estate secured notes. Anything else? I guess a third one, and this is kind of way down the list, not in terms of relevancy, but in terms of accessibility. And that is, you know a fair amount about this side of the world, is doing multifamily investments, but from a passive investment point of view. So, you know, you put in your 100 grand or 500 grand or whatever, usually into a syndication and let the syndication handle doing all the work. That works as well, depending on how the money's handled in the syndication, but usually it's fine. That works really well too, because obviously it's a desirable thing to have exposure to multifamily income. And I'm seeing a lot more people being particularly interested in that as a mode of investing their retirement savings into real estate. Real quick, what's a downside to each of these? Turnkey rentals first. Turnkey rentals are the same downside as to any other rental property. You could pick a bad tenant. You could buy a bad property to begin with. You could have a bad manager. All the risks are the same. For notes, there again, same as if it's outside of an IRA. The big risk is that you actually, let me back up to the rental properties. If you get involved and do anything yourself on that property, then you are introducing a risk that doesn't exist outside of the IRA world, which is the prohibited transaction risk. So moving on to the notes, the risk there really is about the same because prohibited transactions are going to be hard to accomplish there. The risk is that you buy a note with a 
borrower that doesn't pay or won't pay and you don't have good collateral or maybe the paper that backs up the loan is not well structured, is not really up to snuff. All those could be problems. And in doing syndications, that's a different thing entirely. Generally speaking, you're not going to run afoul of prohibited transactions whenever you're doing a syndication. However, that's not necessarily true. There are some other factors. And one of the biggest risk points there is that if the syndicator involves debt in their business activities, that could have a negative impact on the IRA itself because IRAs actually have to pay income taxes year to year on any money that's generated as a function of using debt. So that's a risk point that most people don't know exists. But the good news about all three of those assets and risk points that they involve is that most of that stuff is knowable largely ahead of time. Not all of it, but most of it is knowable and analyzable ahead of time. And most of it is something that you can watch for quite closely on a as frequent of a basis as you like. On the syndication one, you said it, if it involves debt, it could have a negative impact. Are you referring to the bottom line profitability or are you referring to a prohibited transaction? I'm referring to the tax liability as it exists for the IRA. So a simple example is, let's use a simple asset. If an IRA buys a house and pays $100,000 for it and it collects $1,000 a month in rent, and this is a totally cash deal, there's no problem. If the IRA does that same deal, but it borrows the $100,000, well, that $1,000 a month it collects, that money is as a result, is directly as a function of debt. It's a debt-financed transaction. So that $1,000 a month that they collect is actually taxable on a year-to-year basis, even though it's in an IRA. So if you did something similar inside of a syndication where debt was involved in some part of the transaction, and if the syndication is structured like most are as a partnership of some sort, then it could be the case that the IRA has to pay some money year-to-year based on the profitability of that syndication for that year. That's not prohibited, by the way. That's just a factor that the IRS doesn't want you to be able to make money or to make tax-free profits on money that was not your money. Mm. So that's what we're talking about. Makes sense. Yeah. Who can an investor talk to about something like you just described? Hey, I got an IRA. I want to invest in a deal. They've got debt on the deal like most of the deals do. Who should they speak to? Well, one option that they could speak to is any one of the self-directed IRA attorneys, particularly those who have a focus on taxes. That would be a good place to go. You could come to me as well. That's an area that we offer some assistance to our clientele, although we don't offer legal advice, obviously. We do offer some situation-specific education, you might say. And there really aren't a lot of others. You might be inclined to go to your self-directed IRA company, but really they're not supposed to be involved in the investing side of your account. Not supposed to get anywhere near it. If they are willing to do that, that's a pretty good indicator you need to go to a different company. (laughs) Right. Right. So go to an attorney or come to us over at the Self-Directed Investor Society. Love it. Learned a lot. Grateful that you're on the show again. And Brian, how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you got going on? Well, probably the best way to do it, Joe, would be to go over to selfdirected.org slash academy. And we have set up a free three-day trial 
that your folks can get access to the Self-Directed Investor Academy, the training resource that I mentioned to you earlier. So selfdirected.org slash academy is where they should go and that'll get them taken care of. Oh, that's great. Well, the three asset classes that you recommend self-directed IRAs take a look at, one, turnkey rental properties, two, real estate secured notes, so note buying, and three, passively investing in syndications. And there are many things that you talked about as it relates to self-directed IRAs. One in particular that you elaborated on was the prohibited transactions, and there needs to be clear separation from you and your investment. Really good stuff. Grateful you're on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Joe. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at Eastern. EQ.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.